0: This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Right back at it with you on this Thursday afternoon. It is Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you. Thanks for being with us. 601-879-4395, that is the number for the C Spire text line. Best way for you to connect with us. Bull, there's a lot of it in wireless, but C Spire thinks you deserve a plan that's actually what it says. So here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, $45 each with auto pay and paperless billing.
2: NobleCSpire.com. Close to the weekend again. What's up, guys? Oh, you know, just breaking my headphones right before the show begins and having to run down the hallway to find a different pair that I'm not used to, and it's making me unnecessarily uncomfortable. How about you? It's a little OCD. Stop OCD-D. slamming your headphones, you know. Just man, and it's they just, just going like, on your head gently. I, I took them out of its thing. It, it just took it out of the, the the case I've got it in and just pulled it to put on my head and just heard mm-hmm. a snap. And so I'm gonna gorilla glue it tonight it's that because such dome violence you have. It's it's one of those things where you, you guys may have this, where it's something that you have every day that you don't even really notice that you use every day. And when you don't have it anymore, it completely changes everything. These headphones I've used for a while, and they're comfortable, and they're very good. And now that I'm using a different pair, I notice that I don't have mine anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just want it, like, itch the side of my head because I have a different pair of headphones on <laughs>
0: Crazy. Hey, Dad, are you particular about your headphones? No, I am not. I don't have any, uh, any, any OCD regarding them. I didn't ask. I guess for I do a little bit.
1: So, so I don't wear over the ear headphones like you guys do. I use an in-ear monitor, and a while back, one of the two earpieces broke, and so I'm like left ear only. And I actually bought a new pair the other day, and I use them, you know, on the sidelines. But I can't bring myself to use them. Like the old trusty standby until it completely flakes out, kind of with it. Anyway, inside broadcasting with you as we uh, we get started. Take us inside the circle of Starkville, Mister Haydad. I don't know if that's inside the rumor mill. It's you know inside information. There appears to be a lot, maybe. Going on around the Mississippi State football program, particularly as it pertains to Kylan Hill.
0: Yeah, as you can imagine, that's a very fluid situation. And uh, based on some, uh, you know, I said yesterday I thought that uh, it would be, we, we would know more after the Alabama game. I feel like we know a lot more as of today. I would not expect Kylan Hill to make a return to the Mississippi State football program. Is there anything in particular that happened that got you to that point? Just some new information that I got, the the kind that I can't really verify, so can't go into it too deep. But long story short, I I don't think he will be a part of the program going forward. I'm not sure if that's a decision that's been made for him or if that's a decision that he's made, but I I don't think there's a path back for him into the locker room. Is it,
1: I mean, I know it's not as simple as, but is it at its core as simple as the fact that Kylan Hill and Mike Leach never connected?
0: No, I don't think that's it. I I think that there has been a but there has been a, a disconnect between the two of them in recent weeks. Okay. Hmm. It's a tough blow for Mississippi State.
1: And it is. It's a tough blow on multiple levels, I think. I, I texted you last night. You, you you sent me a message saying, you know, a lot of smoke to this. Looks like Kylan Hill probably will not continue with Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And I just sent you a text that said, that's a bummer on a bunch of levels. Yeah. And, and I meant that genuinely. I mean, there are people that be like, oh, well, Richard thinks that's the greatest thing ever. No, I mean, I, I mean that genuinely because you're talking about a kid that's from the state of Mississippi a kid who has proven himself to be exceptionally talented on the field, a kid who eh, took a risk. You can like it or not like it, but he took a risk for what he believed to be important over the course of the summer, and it alienated a lot of people, a lot of people. We alienated some people this summer as we talked about the flag issue. I mean, that's just the reality. But you decide what's important and whether or not you're going to move forward with it or not. But but I do think it takes some courage to kind of step out on that limb sometimes, if, especially if you're someone uh, like Kylan Hill. And it, in some ways, I think, brings into question, you know, what his future may look like. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, pro yeah, prospects okay. and how teams yes. are going to be interested and in the questions that he's going to have to answer when he's talking with NFL teams about possibly drafting him or bringing him into the fold – they're going to want to know, well, hold on, why, why did you bail on your team? Why did yeah, I, Why did you leave a program as a senior?
0: I keep going back to uh, that graphic that ESPN made at the height of We Want to Play that had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Field, Spencer Rattler, and Kylan Hill on it. And I kept thinking, man, if Hill can just have a big year, he's going to be one of the faces of college football. And then they were so good against LSU, and he was so good in that game, I thought, man, this is a guy – he has a chance to do quite a bit this season, and it just it has completely gotten away. It's a it's sort of a analogy for Mississippi State's football season. It, since that day in Baton Rouge, it has just been all downhill for Mississippi State. And now you see K.J. Costello, who we all, you know, after week one, we thought, man, this guy's going to have a monster year, probably going to be on the bench. Kylan Hill had a huge, you know, game, a lot of hype around him. He's gone now and Garrett Schrader, who you know a year ago we all thought this is the new face of the Mississippi State program, he's gone now too.
1: It's really crazy when you think about it. Much fast. Yeah, I mean that that's a good way to describe it, but inevitably when there is a coaching change, you have attrition. And there's no specific position group that that attrition goes to. There's no specific makeup That causes that attrition But it happens You don't normally see that attrition Include the previous year's starting quarterback The all-SEC running back Multiple defensive linemen And then on top of that A pretty significant injury That has jumped up and gotten Fred Peters
0: Yeah Yeah, it's tough times Aaron uh, Starvel. And, and one, you talked about, you know, in the locker room having some, you know, you got players that were recruited by three different head coaches. Is there anybody from, at Ole Miss that still would have been signed by Freeze? There can't be, right, at this point.
1: 2015 was his
0: last full well, season. He was there, I mean, he last game was, he coached well,
1: he, was January 1, 2016.
0: That's not true. He coached the 2016 season. That's right. So he coached the year after the Sugar Bowl. So he he was still the head coach for signing day in twenty seventeen. So I guess there probably are some players. But we're talking about players that have been through three coaching or two coaching changes. They've had three different head coaches. I mean, at some point, if you're a Mullen guy and now there's a leech, I mean there's there's no you know, there, there's no, there's no there's no there's no connection for those guys. So yeah, I, I imagine the locker room is probably a little volatile right this second. Um you know, And I don't know if the bye week came at a good time for that or you know, would have been better to just get back out there and play again this weekend. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but that's
1: just where it is right now. Jason says, I'm over Mike Leach already. He's going to have to prove to me that he's worthy of all the respect he's been paid. I mean, the, the, the respect for Mike Leach really doesn't have anything to do with what he has or has not done at Mississippi State. The the respect that Mike Leach has been paid is based on his performance as the head coach at Texas Tech and at Washington State. And his record's hard to argue with. Now, there, there are things that you can point to outside of one year at Texas Tech and one year at Washington State. Mike Leach team's won a bunch of games, but always lost a handful of games as well. Yeah. And usually there was a stinker performance in the mix. Yeah. Whether it just didn't work on a particular night, or they ran into a buzzsaw defense, or, or whatever it was. That's what you have always gotten with Mike Leach. And I, I do think, Jason, that he has, is due respect, at least in terms of what he's accomplished on the football field, because he's got a really good resume. Yeah, But it's a resume that does not include, prior to this year, being a head coach in the SEC. And the always the question has been, well, I wonder what it would look like. Well, I'd sure like to see what this looks like against Southeastern Conference defenses. The early returns are not great, but the second piece of that is, in year one in Lubbock and in year one in Pullman, the returns were not great. Yeah, they struggle. And, and and Mike Leach has said as
0: much yeah. this week. It's going to be a process for Mississippi State. You're know, just going to have to, to sit back and accept that, that, In year one, it's going to be a process. Year two, you should see some better results. And then by year three, everything should be up and running. And if it's not by the end of year three, then we can have these kind of conversations. But Mike Leach deserves time. And he deserves deserves respect because his on-the-field record is impeccable. And this is the
1: part where if you're a Mississippi State fan or if you're John Cohen or whomever, you would love to have a crystal ball and look into the future and say, okay, I don't care how we get there, but what are the results? Years two, three, four, five, if it goes that long. Because if the results pay off, you don't really care how you got there, but if it blows up spectacularly, you'd love to know and you want to end it as quickly as possible. There's just no way to do that, though. At least not that I'm aware of. Sports Talk Mississippi. View on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. You want to be part of the conversation, C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Got a message from Matt in Starkville. Says he's a senior at Mississippi State. He said the huge win against LSU had a lot to do with LSU running zone defense almost every time. Actually, man defense almost every time, which worked great for us. Also, it takes time to create and change a football program. Love listening to y'all. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate you listening. And there's something to that. But, I mean, it's how they played. And the score counts. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Zero-sum yeah. game. You either win or you lose. Mississippi State won that one. They lost the other ones. We're learning weekly that that win was less and less uh, impressive, but it was a win nonetheless. Yeah,
0: 100%. I mean, they're still the defending national champions at that point. They still have a ton of talent. You know, their defensive game plan was poor. But you know, also give Mississippi State's defense credit; they did enough to slow down that offense. So, I mean, it's a win. You know, you have, to, you have to you have to give credit where it's
2: due. They've slowed down everybody.
1: Yeah. yeah. Sherry says she is a loyal dog fan. She says people need to re- really relax and give Leach a chance. This is his first year, and it's COVID. Everyone is really expecting too much too soon. The LSU game didn't help, but I appreciate his game plan. The discipline sets the tone for everything. Bulldog fans need to
2: chill. Hail State. I said that this summer. I mean, there was a really good chance that that both of the teams in the state were going to be bad because there was a lot going against them. And especially at Mississippi State, it was an entire football program identity shift. I mean, the, the popular hashtag among Mississippi State fans for years has been always run, never pass. The brand was great defensive linemen and running the football. That was Mississippi State football for a decade. And this is an entirely new philosophy of how to approach the game on top of the fact that they couldn't do anything this offseason to implement their style into their program. I mean, even camp, in order to avoid contact tracing stuff, you couldn't do things together for more than 15 minutes because even if you don't have it, if you're close to somebody that does you had to sit out for two weeks. So the, even the practices they did have had to be different on top of the fact that it's a 10-game SEC schedule, which is significantly more difficult than the ones they would have had if COVID didn't exist. This is something that you honestly should have expected. I know the LSU game really changed a lot of things, and it, it almost blinded you to what reality should have been. It's and the, an outlier. Yeah. The reality should have been that these teams sitting with their current records right now should not surprise a single person. You should not be surprised by the results right now. I think most of
0: people...
2: My prediction for the season is still in a play. I had state
0: beating Arkansas, losing to LSU, but I had them one and three at this point. I have them one and four going into Al- after the Alabama game. So, I mean, they're still on pace for what I thought they'd actually be. Yeah. Now, we'll see if they get there because Missouri and Ole Miss both look better than I thought they would, but we'll see. Yeah, so many
1: times we end up with analogies from or, or situations from one school or the other that are unique. This one would be in an altogether different sport. And it was a season, not a game. But generally speaking, when you're new to a program, you want gradual success so that expectations don't get too out of whack too quickly. And think about when Kermit Davis got the head basketball coaching job at Ole Miss. They go to the NCAA tournament in year one, on the heels of being really bad and disorganized, and players kind of checking out the year before. And then in year two, they took a pretty significant step back. Again, that's a full season thing, but it's comparable with what Mike Leach has had happen at Mississippi State. Year or game one, game one of year one they come out and they look incredible and do things offensively that have never been done before in the southeastern conference and get everybody all excited put 44 points on the board knock off the reigning national champions and knock off a team who has throughout the course of history dominated the series and
0: then there'd be a lot less mm, there'd be a lot less complaining if they to was Earth 0 and 4 if they was 0 4 <laughs> there'd be a lot less complaining it's it's kind of funny but it's true
1: Gavin Greenwood says, late getting on, did Kylan opt out? Not officially.
0: Nothing. Yeah, not not officially.
1: Matt, Matt Zenitz has not yet told us that his name is in the transfer portal, which it won't be because he has... Yeah, he,
0: he's not transferring. He's
1: either... Well, he's I going guess to technically he could.
0: He could, but... B- because
1: this is gonna. a free year of eligibility for everybody. Yeah. Is he going to claim COVID opting out, or is he just going to say, I'm done?
0: It's a good question. I mean, I I imagine he would say COVID because it would be weird otherwise, right? But I mean, it's going to be weird either way. So
1: I must read this. It is a complete departure from what we are talking about, but I will never not read a a tweet about Augusta National. (laughs) Ever.
2: I knew this was coming.
1: Never will I not read – Not sorry, not a tweet. Never will I not read a text message from someone that says, Guys, just left Augusta. And the course looks
2: great. Follow-up question. How did you get to see the course? You might have played it. And if that's the answer, please let us know how that went and how you're able to do that. And also, my email is borky at supertalk.fm. Hook me up with your people that got you the opportunity <sighs> to do that, please.
1: Unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't work that way, I'm afraid.
2: <laughs> oh, it doesn't? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Here, here I, I don't know if you can see this on the live stream. That was from this past weekend. Not me, but a buddy that played it and said it is the conditions are oh, the most difficult he has ever seen there.
0: Are we four weeks out? Three weeks out from that? Four yeah. weeks out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Said um, toughest conditions he has ever played. Wind was blowing a little bit. Um. Course is set up tougher than he's ever seen it. Pins are way out of the way because of the tournament. And the second (laughs) cut just got seeded and is brutal. And its I just thought it was really fascinating that my friend said, it's nothing like playing it in March. Which is, you know, normally a couple of weeks out from when the tournament tournament is played. So playing it a couple of weeks out from when it's going to be played in the fall, it, it, it is interesting to me that someone who's who's been on the course with some degree of regularity says well, way different this year. I'm curious if it's going to play different in three weeks
2: when the big boys show up. I love that strategy though. And that's very typical most places but keeping the pins basically out of the way <laughs> so you don't do anything wrong to where they'll actually put them for the tournament cracks me up. You guys can play but you you're, you're going to go you're going to go over there. But but sir the the pin is in the bunker. I don't care. You, you put on sand. Bring your shovel. <laughs> yeah. There are
1: no Sunday pin placements for the folks that uh, are getting to play it right now. Uh, all right some uh, some questions most of them related to augusta our friend that says he just left and the course looks great says he's going to drive a van Ooh, for the players
2: that's awesome
1: yep I have a guy that I met uh, on vacation two summers ago lives in Atlanta and he is he works as a marshal every single year at the tournament and just super cool experience here's a here's a uh, text augusta national has grass on it and stuff that is true it does very true.
2: We're all about accuracy on this show.
1: King Biscuit says, I thought members played after the tournament, not before. Apparently, I couldn't be more incorrect. Yes. Yeah, so they, they, all right. So the, the calendar for Augusta National for its members, the course opens in generally October and is open and overseeded throughout the winter. So member play happens October, November, December, January, February, and through most of the month of March. They close the course even to their members, I think, two weeks out. Maybe it's only a week out. They may still allow members to play a week out from the tournament and then shut it down for tournament week. And then usually in a normal schedule, They leave the course open until end of April, beginning of May. And then they shut it down for the summer. And that's when they do the projects that, you know, when you return a few months later are magically completed. Like they'll do a major construction project that gets knocked out in four months. Then everybody comes back and it's like, oh, wow. There's a new dining room. Oh, wow. It's not a merchandise tent anymore. It's now a 15,000-square-foot building. Good for them. So that's um, that's what they do. Mike says, I'd give five grand just to hit a bucket into Sunday placement at number 16. The other one says, a buddy of mine used to live at Augusta. He has a video of Arnold Palmer putting, and my buddy says, Hey, Arnold, it breaks a little to the right, and Arnold looks up and says, No, bleep. Man, Arnold Palmer was so cool. Just so cool. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad. Let's go to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Luke Johnson joins us right now. Former player at Southern Miss, co host of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Hattiesburg and Super Talk Laurel. Luke, what's the latest on Southern Miss? We uh we got the information earlier this week that Scotty Walden had tested positive for COVID. Um is there concern about whether or not this game is going to be played at liberty on Saturday, or does it look like all systems are go?
3: Well, that's the a two million dollar question good afternoon richard yeah the the sky going down tuesday uh tim billings um is the acting head coach uh, possibly a something never happened before southern miss now with three acting head coaches in one or in half of the season Mm. um yeah kind of like last week you know they they tested uh testing every day this week like last week and it was really Friday morning of last week when they had to make the decision not to go to El Paso. Uh, earlier in the week, Scotty Walden said if they would have played at UTEP, they would have only had 44 or 45 scholarship players available. Uh, he did say Monday, and this is for his COVID test, uh, he did say that he felt confident that they were getting a lot of guys back. Uh, I know specifically there's going to be some defensive linemen back. Looks like they weren't going to be available last week. So they felt, you know, better about it, and then Tuesday happens. Um, Tim Billings, uh, you know, even today, they feel confident about it, but it's, it's got to be, what What do the tests read today, and what do the tests read tomorrow? Uh, either way, it looks like, just like everything, the Golden Eagles will be without some players this weekend, and probably without a few key players.
1: Do we know that that number that Scotty Walden gave for last week, Where you said only 43, 44, 45 scholarship players that would have been available. Was that based on positive tests, close contact tracing, combination of the two? Any idea?
3: He said 20 were the results of of COVID, and he said in no way was that 20 positive tests. He said that mainly that was contact tracing. So, you know, they would have been back up to about 65. And of course, you know, you had five to seven guys transferred. And then you know you always have five or ten guys injured, so that's where you get back up to the to the eighty five mark. But yeah, it was twenty, and uh, no, he didn't say how many were positive, but but a lot of it uh, he said was from contact tracing.
1: Yeah, which as we've discovered, sometimes contact tracing is worse than actually being positive because you're looking at ten days out versus fourteen days out. So absolutely um, uh, in- interesting stuff. If the game is played this week, I think it's safe to say this is the biggest challenge of the uh, of the season so far with a Liberty team that probably should be in the top 25. I think they are just outside the top 25. They're undefeated, and they're coming off a win on the road against Syracuse in which they rushed for over 300 yards in a single quarter.
3: They're really good. Quarterback Malik Willis, uh, some people recognize that name. He transferred from Auburn. He's thrown for about 800 yards this year. He's rushed for 400 yards. So he presents the most unique – you know, issue for Southern Miss defense this year. That's the biggest problem is that he can run and throw. Uh, we've seen Southern Miss been unable to uh, to defend the, the pass very well, and, and so you put Willis in there, and there's no telling what might happen. You saw what you know, Tulane did on the ground against Southern Miss. It's the biggest challenge, and and like I mentioned earlier, I think Southern Miss thankful to get a few defensive players back, and I think even some more defensive players that didn't play against North Texas. We'll, we'll see it this week, but. Yeah, Liberty's really good on defense too. A lot of times, you think of a Hugh Freeze coach team and you think offense. They're only allowing uh, like two sixty nine a game, and uh, so Eagles are going to have to be pretty creative. Uh, And Tim Billings made the comment uh, yesterday that you know he's uh, (laughs) he feels like he's the the last car in the garage that'll run, and and, uh, he's you know being the voice of of Scotty Walden, and so they got a plan together, and and Scotty's been you know, in contact. But, man, they got to get creative this week, you know, to, to stop Liberty on, on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, I misspoke on the rushing. They didn't go over for over 300 in a single quarter. They went over 125 in both the first and second quarters and had over 300 yards rushing for the, uh, for the game. So in terms of looking at Liberty and kind of what they do offensively, you think of a Hugh Freeze team, you generally think of throwing the football they threw it against Syracuse, but not a lot—only 20 pass attempts in comparison to 48 rushing attempts. How does that stack up with what Southern Miss does well and what they don't do so well?
3: Well, again, you know, you, you think of a team that really hadn't been able to stop the rush too well this year, and I think that's what yeah. they'll do. I mean, they'll they'll force, uh, they'll they'll try to force them to stack the box and then go over the top and. Uh, when you have a defense that's giving up numbers on both sides of the ball like that, it, it's when you're, you it when you, when you watch film, if you're an offense and they're just going to have to, again, try to put uh, some type of pressure uh, and, and to, you know, force some, uh, some mistakes possibly. But I'll tell you, Willis has been a good quarterback. anybody might have watched um, Liberty and even watched the Syracuse game last week. We talked on the Eagle Hour this week, and Nick Pierce who's the sideline reporter on the, on the broadcast and, just talking about how huge it was for them. I know it's Syracuse, but I mean, you have an independent that goes on the road and wins, you know, and wins a, an ACC game. I mean, that's huge for them, and um, it's hard to believe Hugh Free's already thirteen wins in really a season and a half at Liberty. It, uh, it, it's a, a small venue up there, but it's brand new, and their their facilities are, are could be classified even as Power Five type. Anybody that, that's been up there and seen that, so. It'll be a good trip, but the Eagles going to have to get really creative on both sides of the ball to, to keep it a ball game, I believe.
1: And the Hugh Freeze angle is obviously one that has been talked about a lot. He is a graduate of Southern Miss. He met his wife there. Um, you know, it was, I think, on with Paul Feinbaum and kind of talking about the fact that they got lots of friends in Hattiesburg. And then, oh, by the way, you've got the saga of Jerry Falwell Jr. no longer being at Liberty and some whispers about legitimate interest, maybe in both directions, about Hugh Freeze potentially as the coach at Southern Miss. Have you heard any of that? Is there anything that, that you can add to that?
3: There's a lot of stuff that people are hearing, both in, in down in Mississippi and, you know, in, in Virginia. Um, Hugh Freeze said at his press conference Monday that, they asked him, you know, how was he, was he able to get some of this talk in the back of his mind? And he said, well, I just want to beat Southern Miss. I think Southern Miss, some Southern Miss fans tried to parse beat into two words to be at Southern Miss, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, just to change the subject on it just for a second, I think what, it, what this whole situation is frustrating for is that Scotty Walden's not getting his audition. And you can't fill the team, now you can't even coach the team. And I think that's why some talk has come up. I think, you know, after Saturday, no matter what happens, I think there will be increased talk surrounding Hugh Freeze. And, you know, one of the things, you know, just hypothetically, if you wonder, you know, like a, a independent school like, like Liberty, they're just playing for a bowl game every year. And so, you know, just off the top of my head, you, you think about what do they have to play for? And Freeze may see a job like Southern Miss as a way where he could get back to a power five position and, you know, anybody that comes to Southern Miss, uh, I think Southern Miss fans know this. They're only going to be here two or three years, but at least you could reset the program to a place where people want to go nationally. So it'll be interesting. But you, you do feel kind of bad for Scotty Walden right now, just because uh, this season has not allowed him to to fully show what he could do as as a coach.
1: Yeah, your comment about only being there two or three years is an interesting one. It may be reality, and reality on two fronts. One. If the coach comes in and wins, then perhaps there is an opportunity for him to go to a place that's going to going to pay more, or you know, is a, a step up in the the pecking order. And because the salary is where it is, if you come in and you don't perform, you don't win, then it's not terribly difficult for Southern Miss to make the decision to move on.
3: Yeah, that, that's the way it's going to be. I mean, that was one of the things when when Larry Fedora. Uh, was hired. I mean, people knew that he was going to be around, or for a little bit, and then go. And I think looking back, Todd Munkin would have uh, would have probably stayed one more year, just kind of his opportunity to coach with his buddy in the at the Bucks. But yeah, I, I think the best case scenario is you you bring it up to a place where you turn it into a, you know a destination job uh, for a time being, like like an Appalachian state, and we may even see you know like Coastal Carolina turning into something like that. But it's a place somebody can go with rich tradition, they can win, and then they can move on. And if you're winning, you know, eight games a year, nine games a year, occasionally ten games a year, I think the fan base is more than thrilled.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see how it all shakes out. Obviously, a, a big challenge, I guess, uh, item number one that you hope for is that the game is actually played, that Southern Miss is able to make the trip, they're able to get there and then uh, be on that. You'd love to, uh, to see them play well and just see how it shakes out. Uh, quick thought, Juco tonight?
3: Night. I'm in the car right now with Chris Robinson, assistant AD for Jones College. We're headed to Summit to call the game tonight. Uh, Jones should, should have pretty good uh, time tonight. Southwest, uh, not very good this year, but we're on the road headed to Summit. And uh, you can listen to that starting at 7 on Supertalk Wall 99.3. Jones should have a field day tonight.
1: Very good. Thank you, as always, Luke. Safe travels.
3: Hi, right, Richard. Good afternoon. See you later.
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. That was Luke Johnson on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favrates.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. South Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad. Game two of the World Series was last night. Brian Haydad, your Tampa Bay Rays got the uh, got the dub over the Dodgers last night.
0: Where's Greg and Nettleton? Let's go, Rays!
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I'm sure Greg was happy about that. Tampa Bay jumped out to an early 1-0 lead, added a couple of runs in the fourth, two more in the fifth, a run in the sixth, and then held on for dear life at the end to win it 6-4. Starting pitcher for the Rays was Blake Snell, went four and two-thirds, gave up two hits, struck out nine, walked four, only allowed a couple of runs.
2: You remember our friend Blake Snell? From Arkansas? Oh, that was the guy, remember, it feels like two years ago, but earlier this year initially said if i get it i get it and i'll be fine regarding covid and then when they started going into negotiations he said we're risking our lives out here to play i'm not playing for 30 percent or whatever he did that faux math on a live stream and then he pitched in the world series last night
0: so it all worked out for him it hey, worked Dad, out what for is
1: it him. that you've been saying on the regular lately
0: What's well, which one? I got so many
1: saying. Life comes at up. you
0: fast. <laughs> it comes at you fast.
1: Yeah. Uh Blake Snell pitched at Arkansas, didn't he? Am I making that up? No, he pitched at the University.
0: Of, uh, yeah, pitched at the University of Washington.
1: I completely made that. Who am I thinking about?
0: Maybe another chronic complainer one. like the guy who acted like he got hit by the pitch. I don't know. Hmm. Committed to the University of Washington.
1: What's that and, guy's name?
2: Brian something, right? Oh,
1: God, I don't remember. Yeah. Actually, I guess he was drafted out of high school. Yeah. Anyway. Boy, I, I mean, I just I messed that up 14 different ways.
2: That's all right. He pitched well last night, and the Rays got a win, and David keeps fighting.
1: He does keep fighting. It appears as if the Dodgers have their rotation set for the next three games. With uh, Walker Buehler coming back in Game 3, Kershaw able to pitch again in Game 5. I don't know. I guess Urias might go in uh, Game 4. I think that's probably how it would fall. But outside of one of those guys being on the mound... The Dodgers are susceptible, and they've got to uh, they got to win in a slugfest. And they didn't slug it enough last night. Game one of the World Series was the least watched World Series game in the history of television ratings. The World Series is being played in its normal time slot. Like, they fast-forwarded everything and compacted everything. I mean, this is when the World Series is supposed to be playing. Yeah, yeah. Is it simply a function of Rays-Dodgers? Is it a function of some folks like me can't watch it because their television provider (laughs) is in a dispute with whoever the
2: distributor is? I wouldn't think that would have that big of an effect. It's a lot of things. This is what I tried to tell people about the NFL. And, And by the way, magically not a story anymore. It's almost as if the NFL is king of sports and their ratings are very, very good. And um, it's the most watched anything on television. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. This is what I was telling people a while ago. It's a multitude of things. The saturation of sports, even though it's kind of working itself out, led to lower ratings across the board. The NHL, for example, had historic lows. Like the Stanley Cup was over 60% down and... Basketball had the problem, and early NFL had the problem, though it's recovered. College football, by and large, is even down in most places. Part of that is because two of your five Power Five conferences haven't played a game yet. But the thing that I think is the biggest deal right now, and we're not getting political, this is just the truth, it's a very contentious election. And every election year, sports go down, news goes up. And it's happening again. Sports are down. News is way, way, way up, and that is causing fewer people to watch the World Series, for example, because on Tuesday night, they want to see what Tucker's got to say instead of the baseball game because we're two weeks away from an election, so that's causing some of that as well. or Rachel or Don Lemon yeah. or We've uh, got a debate tonight, so there's those a debate tonight, so they're lucky there's no World Series game tonight because if the debate was last night, this number would have been a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. So 9.1
1: million people watched game 1 of the World Series. That was 4.7 million off of game 1 the last time the Dodgers played in it and it was 3 million shy of game 1 of the uh, World Series last year uh between the uh the Astros and uh Astros and the uh, Nationals. Way down. 25% drop Whew. One hour in the books Lee Sterling coming up in a little while in the 4 o'clock hour This is Sports Talk Mississippi Hey Dad. Rolling on the
0: river. CCR's version? Oh, I go for either one. I, I, or I, can I can get behind some team. I can get behind Icantina on that one too. Depends on my mood. Am I just sitting around sipping a beer or are we having having a party? What are we doing? Yeah. Is it possible to listen to Icantina
1: version? The Icantina version without thinking about no how perhaps
0: terrible a person Ike was. No, but I mean that—that that is a problem you face with a lot of music. I mean, with Michael Jackson, and and you know, just do a Google search of Sinatra, yeah, or it. even even in sports, oh, yeah. in sports. I mean, there's just bad people in sports. You know, you just 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 watch the game, just listen to the song. Don't worry <laughs> about that kind of stuff, man. That's that's yeah, what I oh, do. No,
1: I'm not like I'm, I don't like dwell oh, no, on I'm it. Not, but it's not, like I'm the...
0: not saying you, you you do, but there are people who do. Like, I can't do this anymore. Well, okay. When, when, when I hear
1: that big old deep voice from Ike,
0: yeah, uh, rolling.
1: <laughs> I can't help but be like.
0: Ooh, I thought all three of us were about to break Ouch. out there because you said, you know, you said that. I can't. I don't know if I can stop. I thought all three of us were about to do a roll in there. It would have been great. Mm. Rolling, rolling.
1: No, you even did the uh, wedding dance rolling there.
0: Oh, yeah. You got, you got, if you don't do that for the I version, did you even listen to the song? What are you doing?
1: Yeah. yeah. Kids love that song, too. Yeah. I don't think they know about all the history that goes along with it, though. No, no. And that's probably just as well. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. This is day number three of Michael Borky in the rundown typing this.
2: Testing to see if you ever actually read these. That is the opening I him yesterday. poll yeah. question. Hey, Ed, I got me yesterday. I said, I saw it.
0: <laughs> I read it. I read it every day. And then I always wonder,
2: why don't you put a poll question out, Borky? got to reference it first and talk about it. So right. now, well, here's one. I'll come up with it right now because I just tweeted a picture of it. Richard, have you seen the Mississippi State Flying M helmet uniform concept? Well, not a yeah. concept. They're wearing them. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty sharp. Yeah, it's very old school. Very old school. Old school is good, man. We need to start the uniform trend. I appreciate what Oregon did for college football, and it's their brand, and they're cool with it. But have you noticed that when teams start going back to their classic look, it's automatically better? Take Arkansas, for example. Oh yeah! What Arkansas is wearing? You,
1: you mean Arkansas's anthracite
2: uniforms didn't really do it for you? Those were <laughs> horrendous. What they're wearing right now is perfect. The more teams that go back to their classic look, the better that they are. South Carolina is going to be wearing some uniforms. They've worn them a couple times this year already. The black that they're wearing—that's a classic look for them with the red helmets, or I guess garnet. Excuse me. Um mm that's a much better look than the crap they've been wearing over the years. If you go back to Classic, it looks better now. We're getting to the point where it's, you know, it's a cycle. Where Everything that's old is, is new again. Everything that's old is now new again. I do like, and it's not like it's really
1: necessary, because every game that you flip to, you've got the score bug up in the upper corner, and if you don't know who's playing, you just glance there, and now you know who's playing. But there is something that's cool if you're flipping channels and you're not sure who's playing on what channel, and you flip to a game, without knowing who's playing and without looking at the scoreboard, you immediately know who it is based on the uniforms you see on the
0: field. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Alabama and Auburn are playing. I don't don't need to know anything else. I I know those uniforms. Michigan. Yeah. Ohio State when they don't do the stupid ones. Oklahoma when they don't do the stupid ones. They've they have their, their share of, you know, at least once a year or once every other year that they, they break out something. Yeah. Oklahoma was wearing the throwbacks the other day with the white helmet or not the throwbacks, but the, the alternates with the white helmet against uh, I guess it was Kansas State. Not to turn and this for discussion, up. but when
1: I mean the, the reviews for Ole Miss and the the light blue jerseys in game one of the season against Florida were overwhelmingly positive.
2: Yeah, I thought and, they were short. And the reason you do stuff like that, they got a commit the other day from a defensive tackle out of Georgia. Guess what uniform he got himself Photoshopped into? The powder sure, or whatever sure you want to call it, blue. That's the uniform that the recruit chose. That's why you do stuff like that. Because kids like him in Georgia like that stuff. That's not why he committed, but, I mean, he liked it. So
1: Keep you you, you flip the channel and you see white jerseys, yellow britches, and yellow hats. You know that it's LSU.
0: But even they've had alternates in the past few years. Very rarely, though, they had the uh, the purple purple jer or the white jersey, purple helmet thing they wore a couple years ago when state was down there. They've had gold jerseys in the past.
1: You know, traditionally LSU has worn purple jerseys for home non-conference games. Preston says well, the most recognizable uniform. In the country is Texas.
0: Ooh. Possible. I can agree with that. Alabama is probably number one for me. Penn State's on that list. Michigan
2: also, even though they stole that helmet from Princeton, but Michigan.
0: Mich- Michigan will throw work an alternate in every now and then. Yeah. LSU, was it? it? was They were all white with that reflective purple in 2018 against State. LSU did some
1: throwbacks when they played at Washington like a decade ago that were... Unbelievable. They were so good. I don't,
0: I don't remember that.
1: They wore all... Uh, okay, unless I'm... You, you're going to have to double-check me on this. Google's your friend. All white uniforms. And I think they wore like a... Not a yellow gold helmet, but like a an older gold helmet. Maybe I'm crazy. Hey, Florida State stands out. You see, Florida State—they've made some some subtle changes. Oh, they wrecked them. But do you still recognize that gold helmet with the spear on the side of it. That you do. But they ruined a really good thing. Yeah. Mike and Oxford have stolen from Princeton or Delaware. Oh, I
2: think it's Delaware. I, I think yeah, the blue hose. Yeah.
1: Wait, no, no, no. That's Presbyterian. Delaware is the. um... Mm. What's Delaware's mascot? Blue I
0: don't hens?
1: remember. The blue, the blue Hens. hens. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, not the Blue Hose, the Blue Hens. It
2: was I, close. I almost got in trouble. My dad almost grounded me at a uh, Furman Presbyterian game a long time ago because we would sit on the roadside of the stadium because the tickets were cheaper, just five dollars cheaper, but whatever. So we'd sit on the roadside, and the Presbyterian cheerleaders, I'm you know, I'm 14. And they're trying to get their crowd to chant, let's go, hoes. And <laughs> <laughs> ah! And I'm sitting here ah! laughing I think I and, see where this is going And we've got Presbyterian fans everywhere and my dad's sitting here elbowing me get, Trying to get me to shut up And almost got grounded that day I, I'm going to disagree, hey, Dad, with what you said
1: About Alabama mm-hmm. Or no, Borky, One of you said Alabama was the most recognizable you know, the, you know, Notre, Notre Dame's got the most recognizable uniform I,
0: I can get behind that Penn State's on that list Nebraska's on that list I don't think they do a lot of throwback But I see the big end, I know who I'm looking at Yeah uh, and then Southern Cal. Southern Cal is a good UCLA is a good one too. With their, that yeah, color but of blue, UCLA started doing other stuff. The, they the, have, but when they wear the classic uniform, when they wear the classic blue, nobody else is wearing that color of blue.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I completely agree with that. I mean, the the traditional UCLA uniform, mm-hmm. as good as there is, as good as there is. But when I flip over and UCLA's wearing all black, it kind of makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. Just like, see, gross. Yes,
0: it doesn't work, yeah. Gross! Uh,
1: Jason says, State stole the banner M from Valdosta State. Big schools always sample from the smaller.
0: Why would Valdosta State have a banner M? Yeah, I have No idea. No idea. So we're going more? back
1: to the, the the old flying M
0: logo. Yes. When is that being worn this year? Uh, homecoming, which is the the seventh against Vanderbilt, November seventh against Vanderbilt. I found it interesting. The... There's a homecoming this year.
1: I don't like. Okay, yeah. Ole Miss has got that this weekend. Uh, what's the uh, What's the history on the flying M?
0: That uh, Mississippi State was uh, very involved in the space program and the race to get to the moon, and the. Uh, the aerospace. So what, 1969-ish? Program. 67 through uh, 71 is what they... Okay. The, the this That's the era that State wore these uniforms. Gotcha. It's a really good secondary mark. Yeah, it, it yeah. looks sharp. I, I wouldn't want to see it every week, but... I yeah. wonder if... The, the one thing they've never done, and I don't know that they ever will, will they ever do an M over S football
2: helmet? I would love to see that. It's the best logo they've got.
1: Yeah. Isn't there, hasn't there traditionally been a little pushback from baseball about doing that? Yes. Yes,
0: that is baseball's it's Like logo.
2: That is baseball's brand.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: If I'm John Cohen, though, I say, baseball, may that may be your brand, and we have a big, beautiful stadium, and you love baseball. Guess what makes the money around here? Thank you for your input. Football's going to do what they want.
1: John Cohen mm-hmm. could also say, uh, yeah, I am Mississippi State baseball, was, am.
2: Yeah.
1: Hey, we're, we're good. It's going to be okay. I'm just kind of speaking for everybody. We're good. Yeah. Lee Sterling joins us next from uh, Paramount Sports. Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the Mississippi, uh, the uh, home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Again, favorites.com to go with the home team. The red, smoking hot Lee Sterling, in terms of his picks from Paramount Sports, on your radio right now, ten and two last week was that college and the NFL league?
4: Yeah, it was. It was that's going from from Wednesday through Tuesday. There was nothing on Tuesday, so actually Wednesday through Monday. So it was a fun week.
1: So did you go out Tuesday morning and buy like a new Maserati? No,
4: no, no. I'm not. I'm, I'm still trying to still trying to get my last one through college. So uh, uh, just. Uh, Saving for a rainy day. I, I can tell you this much: after not taking a trip in the last year, uh, I'm probably going to be going. Uh, if they find a vaccine, I'll be going to my place in Park City skiing, and probably going to Europe next summer. So, uh, if you're planning on coming through the 305, you you may not find me next summer.
1: Yeah, but I mean, when you go 10 and two after dropping 100 grand a game, I mean, you got to go get a, a, a new something to tootle around in. <laughs>
4: I wish, I wish, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a good run, we've won six or seven weeks, so I'm not complaining, I don't think either of my clients, so if they're interested in coming on board, don't wait until, you know, the bowl season, uh, hit me while I'm hot and, and seeing things clearly, so we get the, the Big Ten and the Mountain West joining the party, gives us more opportunities to cash tickets.
1: All right. In fairness, we only look at the SEC games and the SEC right. games last week. Uh, you were uh, were two and two. So let's jump right yep. in and uh, and talk about the SEC games this weekend. LSU is a favorite at home against South Carolina. That one started at seven. It's moved a little bit. Kind of has basically settled around a touchdown, though. Give me a reason that I'm supposed to like LSU as a home favorite, given the way they played this year.
4: Yeah, it's it's come down a little bit to about six. I mean, it looks like, uh, you know, we're going to see a situation where I I'd be shocked if if Miles Brennan starts a quarterback. So that's that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing they're going to have to make a change because of his injuries and you know.
1: Uh, Yeah, and let me interrupt just for a second. Apparently, played three quarters of that game last week, where he threw for or two weeks ago, where he threw for over four hundred yards with a partially torn abdomen muscle.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you know it's the adrenaline. So uh yeah. I, I I played through some injuries that that um I had a ruptured spleen. Played through a ruptured spleen for two quarters in high school. Seems like a so, really bad idea. Yeah. Uh <laughs> well and then and then two weeks later uh played with a flak jacket on. So um you know, uh <laughs> but but I had my uncle who's a doctor there in case anything happens. So I give the kid credit, and he's decent. He was rated number 20th in pass efficiency, 11 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. I can't imagine his backup could be anywhere close to what he's done, and he's not great. Uh, South Carolina. Most South Carolina teams, when they fall behind 16-7 like last week, that's it. I mean, they, they pull they pull up 10 and they're done. But uh, they kept their composure. They fought back. They didn't. You know, usually they try things out of character and, and it doesn't work. But they're going to face a defense in LSU ranked 70th out of 77. I just don't think they're talented. Uh, they got some real problems and the game. Talks play really well on the road. 12-3 and is a road dog. Wrong team's favorite here. Richard, I like South Carolina. Thirty to twenty eight.
1: South Carolina winning by a couple in Baton Rouge. That's a nighttime kickoff down on the bayou. Early start, Auburn and Ole Miss. This one I think currently is at three and a half. Auburn is the favorite in Oxford. Neither of these teams played well. Last week, Auburn coming off the loss at South Carolina, Ole Miss coming off the loss at Arkansas.
4: So here's what I see. Even though Auburn lost that game, they, they were upset at uh, in a, in a, some of the other games, but they outstated South Carolina 504 to 316. It was the minus two turnovers that, that greased the skid. So I think South Carolina is a cut above Ole Miss right now, especially uh, on the defensive side of the football here. And I just think Chad Morris is close to getting this thing going. I don't think. Uh, you know, Bo Nix is great, but I think he's going to be good enough, especially with all those playmakers at receiver and Williams, Stove, and uh, and also Swartz. And Auburn, uh, 7-0 and is a road favorite of two points uh, or more uh, versus an opponent here coming off of a loss. I think the cream's going to rise to the top here. I like Auburn here, 42-35. All
1: right, so you got Auburn 42-35 winning by a touchdown. There are a lot of reasons you could have given me that Auburn is the right play there. Chad Morris being close to getting it done, Lee, yeah, what are you saying that I'm not? Because that guy's been brutal for the last three years.
4: He has. I just think he's got enough talent. I just think that they're close. I, I'm not saying they're going to be great, but um, I think okay. it's going to be good enough to get it done. I'm not saying they're beating Alabama or Georgia or, or Florida, but uh, I think he might be able to get it done against the defense so far, giving up – between 33 and 63 points, and tackling has uh, certainly been optional.
1: Alabama, 21-and-a-half point favorite in Knoxville. That one opened at 20, and it quickly climbed to 21. Looks like it's gotten another half point on it as well. Is there any reason not to lay this big number with Alabama?
4: Oh, I think it's Alabama or pass here. Uh, I mean, Tennessee, and I play quarterback at at a fairly high level in college. When you get a quarterback like Jared Garitano that – you know is is releasing the ball a little late he's hesitating uh just just getting better and all of a sudden getting back to where you were uh against a team like Alabama I don't know if it can be done if if they get it done you know the kid is 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 is, is really got uh he's got ice in his veins but it's really tough to get back to where you were uh when you're releasing the ball late and uh I just don't know if he believes in himself, and Alabama might be the wrong team because now they got their mojo back on defense, they're getting pressure on the quarterback, they stopped the run of George in the second half, they even had no breaks in coverage in Mac Jones. I mean, after that tip passed, uh, looked great, 24 for 32 for 417 yards and four Mm -hmm. touchdowns. His two receivers, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, they're almost unguardable. 11 uh, receptions for Smith for 167 and two touchdowns, and six for one sixty one in a touchdown for Waddle. Uh series visitor 22 and 6 here. I just think that Nick Saban, that was the biggest trap in the world I'd see last week. As soon as I saw the line, I knew everyone was going to jump on Georgia because you would seen their defense. You just can't doubt Nick Saban here and I think he's probably set back after that game and and put that game on and any kid that's going to step in his office deciding between Georgia and Alabama, that game's going to be playing right behind him. That's going to be tough for a kid to make a decision. I like Bama here 48-21.
1: Hmm, I think that one makes a lot of sense. I don't have any idea what to do with this Kentucky-Missouri game. Uh, Kentucky's been pretty good at the line of scrimmage. Offensively, they're doing nothing in terms of yardage. Uh, we didn't see Missouri last week. Uh, last time we saw them, uh, Eli Drinkwitz's team was uh, was celebrating I- its first win of, of his tenure. Kentucky, five-and-a-half-point favorite?
4: Yeah, I, I- uh, so, so here's the problem with with, with Kentucky right now. They, they eventually got to get some offense. Defense is playing great. I really like this kid, Connor Basilick. I just think that this kid is special. Um, yeah. yeah, the run defense isn't great, but um, the kid just gets it and doesn't seem like he's phased at all. I never go against a hot quarterback. Uh, give me Missouri. I think they win this game here, thirty-five to twenty.
1: All right, so Missouri getting five and a half at home and you think they win it by a couple of touchdowns. Yep. That's yep. fantastic. All right. Uh, Paramount Sports. Tell us about it and tell me what people can get here as we get to the end of the month of October.
4: Yeah, how about this? Uh give them 'em two games. We'll give them Pittsburgh, give them the Steelers in Tennessee, what a battle that'll be. Practically a pick'em. And and same thing with UAB and Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. They want to get either game, just call eight hundred, four hundred Nine we will give them both games for free. And like I said, nine games, $97. ParamountSports.com. Last week we had a 7 for 77. Went 7-0. Uh, with the phone service, went 10-2. And, 2. and uh, also doing the UFC. Uh, uh, 21 out of 27 winning cards. We've got a uh, big one, UFC 254. We've got... Uh, Khabib against Gaethje, so uh USA versus Russia. Uh, doesn't get much better than that. Seven selections, seventy-seven dollars. It's all available. Just go to paramountsports.com.
1: So a ten and two week uh, on the uh, phone service and uh, the online special went seven and zero on that seven for yep. seventy-seven. Uh, I am curious. I mean, you don't have to necessarily give me a pick right here, but you look at that Pittsburgh Tennessee matchup. Is, is this the best game we've seen in the NFL so far this year? I think paper. it's really
4: interesting. I think, you know, uh, I'll even give you my side on this. Uh, if they played a couple weeks ago, I think Pittsburgh might be the right side. But Tennessee right now is playing really well. Uh, A.J. Brown's healthy again. Jonu Smith emerging at tight end. And how do you go against a hot quarterback like Ryan Tannehill? 40 touchdowns, just seven interceptions, and in his 15 starts. And, you know, they're. Uh, I, you don't I, even I think mention Derrick Henry. Yeah, I know. Well, he he's probably number one. I'm talking about the guys that, you know, you don't normally expect. I mean, Henry, and also I think the way to beat Pittsburgh is not run off tackle and around the end, is to run right up the gut. You busted up the gut, and Bush is out for the year, uh, star linebacker for Pittsburgh. I know yeah. Long's out also, but uh, you busted up the gut. That's where you really hurt Pittsburgh because uh, they run so many stunts and And then on top of that, I think Pittsburgh was – I think they were headed – tough to play two really a A minus A-plus games. And I think Pittsburgh, uh, they came to play last week against Cleveland. So I I, I like Tennessee. I think they'll win this game something like uh,
1: 35-24. That'll be fun. All right, Lee, ParamountSports.com. That's where you can go and uh, get his picks. You can grab the phone number. You can uh, get a couple of free picks as well. Lee, always appreciate your time. Great visiting with you, man. Thanks, Richard. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. On the Farm Bureau phone line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm
0: Bureau. I have no idea
1: what Zozo is, other than the fact that the Zozo Championship is Tiger Woods Tournament. I went to their website, it says, Zozo, be unique, be equal. It's fine, what do you sell?
0: Uh,
1: I get it now. uh, Pick a color and language you like and create your own... What What do you do?
2: I have no idea what Zozo is. It's a Led Zeppelin cover band, travels to Mississippi a couple times a year. That was my first thought, Borky. They're great, too. Is that Zozo or Zoso? Zoso.
0: Oh, okay. You're impressed. I knew it day. was Zoso. I didn't know. I thought Richard was saying Zoso as well. It's Zoso. No, the
1: Zoso, Zoso, Zozo Z O Z O Championship, Tiger Woods tournament. They're playing at Sherwood Country
2: Club in Thousand Oaks, California. You operates may internet shopping websites. It's based oh, okay. in Japan. Congrats, yeah. Tiger.
1: Oh yeah, he's got several international marketing deals
2: it's down a dollar forty today in the market though I'm sure he gets
1: paid in cash regardless <laughs> I doubt he's doing the uh, whole under Armor Auburn stock options thing I doubt Tom Brady did that with under Armor and his deal with him as well anyway you may remember Sherwood Country Club is one of the uh that's one of the courses where they did the night golf a while back years ago
2: you remember that I don't, but there was a little par-3 course growing up that had stadium lights all around it, and we'd go in our bare feet and put a couple beers in the bag and go slap around a par-3 for a few hours.
1: So Tiger, you know, he's in the golf course design business now as well, has a course in Texas called Blue Jack National, and it has a par-3 course on it that is fully lit. And, And Borky, I'm sure the track you played as a kid... With stadium lights was awesome. <laughs> it was only awesome for what you could do, not the, not the quality of the course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. I, I, well, I was even talking about the lighting, but this is one of those deals where they've got the LED lights, like hidden in the trees where you can't even see them. Oh, that's so but it's cool. like daytime out there. So that's a trip. I want that, that course is incredible looking and t- the Tiger's design philosophy is not to go make hard golf courses. He's not doing Fazio stuff. He's not doing core Crenshaw stuff. He's doing stuff that, in a lot of ways, looks a lot like Augusta. Um, Very player-friendly. Not penal in terms of rough and water and bunkers and whatever, but immaculate in terms of conditioning. He was involved with the uh, the track they just added in uh, in Branson as part of like that whole big Cedar Lodge conglomerate. What's the name of that? It's uh Payne Payne Val- Payne's Valley Payne's Valley. It's in honor of Payne Stewart. Did you see any of the the stuff they did there a few weeks back? I've not. Anyway, so Sebastian Munoz, the uh, winner, not this year but last year in Jackson at the Sanderson Farms Championship. He and Kevin Kisner tied for the lead at seven under par. Hey, Dad, you did you just completely check out on the golf thing? You like got big eyed about that. Was that just a? There's absolutely nothing I can add to this conversation.
0: That is correct. Okay. I hear Pebble Beach is nice. Mm-hmm. i
1: Borky. Did you have you played Pebble? Did you tell me that?
2: Oh no. Guess I just made that. My dad up. has a handful of times and used to always bring me back a shirt. <laughs> Thanks, Pops. Appreciate you.
1: Can I travel in your luggage at some point along the way? Yeah. No, I'd love to play Pebble at some point. I mean, it's not like at the top of my, oh, I wish I could play this golf course list, but I'd love to do it. It's just ridiculously expensive. Like a single round at Pebble Beach is now in the like four, five, six hundred dollar range. Shut up, hey Dad. Good thing.
0: Shut up. Just just stop. Take cross <laughs> one out money there for... for the weekend and Yeah. <laughs> if only.
1: <laughs> Anything stand out to you guys about Lee
0: Sterling's picks a little while ago? Yeah. Chad Kentucky Morris. Missouri. Chad Morris. He had a lot he's got some talking points in there for us. LSU South Carolina even. He had South Carolina outright. Mm hmm. You don't necessarily agree with that? Oh, I don't necessarily disagree with it. But it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean LSU was a true freshman quarterback. They haven't been good with Brendan.
1: Yeah, I just there are a lot of things that he could have said about Auburn in the Auburn Ole Miss prediction. That I've been like, eh, okay. Like, he could have said, I mean, look, from a roster standpoint, Auburn just has a more talented roster. He could have dropped the nugget that he dropped about the, you know, Auburn, you know, have seven and no in their last seven when more than a two-point favorite on the road against a team that's coming off a loss. Mm. Okay. That's a trend. But when your rationale is Chad Morris is really going to get those guys going, Lee, what are you talking about,
2: man? Yeah. Another one, Tank Bigsby. I think he's going to run all over that defense. Who, by the way, is going to possibly be playing some guys from the other side of the ball out of necessity. I hear you. That makes perfect sense. Hmm. That kid can play. Rest of the team, not so much. But Tank Bigsby is a player. With a great name.
1: Some of the buddy earlier today said, Has there ever been a guy that plays football named Tank that wasn't like
2: just tough as nails? We ironically called a guy on our high school team just Tank. What was he like, 5'8", 240? His name was Max, and he was the nicest kid on earth, and he probably weighed 110 pounds. Oh, so you did it as a form of derision. Kind of, but he, like everybody liked him. And so, you know, my senior year especially. Like Grasshopper
1: would have been more appropriate if you yeah, were talking kinda. about.
2: Okay. And, but for some reason, and not for some reason, we had a running back that went to Arkansas. So we, we kind of beat the brakes off of people for most of my senior year, and we'd put Tank in the game. All the guys on the sideline just imploring our coach to put Max in the football game, and they called him Tank. Because he was the smallest guy on our team. How'd he do when he got in? He did okay, actually. Almost had an interception when we played Spartanburg High one year.
1: There you go. Mike in Oxford says Torrey Pines is reasonable in terms of a uh, spot to play golf. Yeah, if you're willing to camp out. Ricky says, go- sounds like goofy golf to me. What sounds like goofy golf? Playing at
2: night? It is kind of goofy, but it's fun. Jason says, see, if you guys
1: have to talk about golf every day, surely you can free hate ed for one segment a week to talk wrestling. I mean, just say the word. I mean, is there anything interesting to bring to the table in terms of
0: wrestling? Well, I mean, we're going to show some respect here and refer to it as professional wrestling. But uh, Good card last night on AEW Dynamite Plus. I'm sorry, What, 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 what did you just say to me? We're gonna show some respect for the. We're not gonna call it wrestling, of professional wrestling. No, I love the musical number that Chris Jericho and MJF did last night. I thought that was hilarious. I saw somebody linked that on Twitter.
1: It's really funny. I never quite hit play. I just ran it. Out. It's
2: cool, you know. I, I didn't watch any golf this year, so I need to get a sounder of that guy. Say it's still real to me. Dang it.
0: <laughs> um. You watching the debate tonight?
2: Yeah. No. Yeah, I think so. No, and I'm not going to let anybody kick me in the groin either. Here's the thing about the debate. Your guy is going to win and do it with class. And the guy you don't like is going to be embarrassing and awful. And it will do nothing to change a single vote and just confirm everyone's pre-existing biases. Debate analysis. Preemptive. I mean, let's be honest here, though. If you haven't made your decision by now, you probably shouldn't be voting. I mean, by now, you got to kind of have your mind made up, right? Uh, You've had long enough to understand that these were the two guys. You've had plenty of time to learn about them both. Tonight shouldn't change your mind because you should know enough about both. Already. If you're doing it the right way, in my opinion. If you're doing it the right way, you should know by now who you're picking. I was about to say, Obi's got his last
1: baseball game of the night, of the of the year tonight, but I think it'll be over, so I can't use that as an excuse to not watch. I think I will find one. Here's one. Your
2: sanity. Yeah. They have. There's football released... tonight. There you go. You're a sports broadcaster. There's an NFL game tonight. You got to watch for your job. You're welcome. Be- beautiful. I mean, there's a there is a legitimate debate to be
1: had over which. One of those two programs will be more torturous. Giants Eagles or Trump Biden. <laughs> if you're If you're in charge of prison programming tonight, which of those two things are you making the prisoners watch?
2: The voice. Throw
1: them a curveball. That'd be better. We got the announcements uh, yesterday for the SEC Big 12 Basketball Challenge matchups. If you've missed that, we will give it to you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Told you the uh, schedule for the, not the schedule, the the matchups for the SEC Big 12 Challenge came out yesterday. Can we get to a year where both Ole Miss and Mississippi State are participating in this event at the same time, please? Thank you very much.
0: Should be the next cycle, right? Because they think were both so. tournament teams. Yeah, I think so. So that might be next year. This is the second year Mississippi State's participating, right? Well, that's what they do. They do two-year two, two year cycles. Yeah, so no, that's what I'm saying. The... This is the second year? Yeah. State, State played at Oklahoma last year. Yeah. Okay.
1: Florida is at West Virginia, so Mike White's team headed to Morgantown to take on Huggy Bears squad. Texas is at Kentucky.
0: Mark Smart in the Longhorns. Up, they broke up Kansas, Kentucky, huh? Yeah. Maybe they're playing at some point earlier in the season. I don't Maybe know. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh Texas Tech at LSU. Could be be good. Kansas at Tennessee.
0: Okay, there it is. Didn't
1: Tennessee go to Kansas last year? I don't recall. Um, Auburn is at Baylor. Iowa State at Mississippi State. Ole Miss hosted Iowa State a couple of years ago in this deal.
2: Yeah, and they shot the lights out that night.
1: Both teams did, didn't they?
2: Yeah, Iowa State made like 65% of their threes or something crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Alabama goes
1: to Oklahoma. TCU is at Missouri. Arkansas at Oklahoma State. Pretty cool Eddie Sutton tie there. Yeah. And Texas A&M is at
2: Kansas State. That's a fun event. Would you like to see it in football? Now, the problem is you there's not, what, the Big Ten is the only other 14-team league? Or does the, the ACC has 14, ACC's too, right? ACC has 14. Okay, so you could do it with one of those two. Would you like to see that in football, though? I doubt you would get everybody to agree to it. But if you lined up the Big Ten and the SEC, two leagues that don't get to play each other that often, except for Northwestern and Tennessee in the Outback Bowl, I, that would be a really cool like week one or week two college football event. If I was the SEC, I'd want to do it with
0: the Pac-12 somehow. <laughs> I mean, no, no, not, not even because the Pac-12 is not good. It's because those are about things you never play. That Even in bowl games, you don't see a, a ton of SEC pac 12
1: Ten teams in the Big Twelve. Fourteen teams in the Big Ten. Pac twelves, fourteen teams, is that right?
0: Yeah. So you get everybody involved. Let's do this real quick with the Big Ten. Um Year one, it's gotta be okay. Alabama, Ohio State.
1: Alabama,
2: Ohio State, what, Georgia, Michigan? Sure. I would uh, argue Penn State, but splitting hairs.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. Georgia-Penn State. Florida-Michigan's just happened a bunch. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's happened a couple times, so yeah. So Auburn-Michigan? Sure.
2: Florida-Wisconsin. Oh, buddy.
0: Who'd you say Florida-Wisconsin?
2: Send them up to Camp Randall? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: because LSU played Wisconsin recently, so let's not do that. Mississippi State, Nebraska. Love that's that. who I was thinking. Oh, you read my mind. Old Miss Iowa? Love that, too. Y'all have fun with that. I'll let you know how that goes. What?
1: I,
2: Iowa, man. They, oh, they beat State oh, yeah. The, years uh, ago.
1: No, I, no, I did that purely selfishly because I wanted to go wave at the Children's Hospital.
2: Oh, that's a good call, though. That's got to be one of the most moving things in sports that you could see. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's too early for those fields, though. So let's move on.
1: Yeah, let's go. Um, Who Arkansas does
0: LSU play. R- Arkansas, Rutgers.
2: Vanderbilt, Rutgers. Yeah, Vandy, Rutgers. The world's most expensive pillow fight.
0: Well, don't you want Vandy, Northwestern? You want the battle of the brains? Uh, yeah. So LSU, get- Michigan State. Okay.
1: Be on board with that. Hmm? Missouri, Illinois. Yeah, the Missouri. Hate, no,
0: wrong, 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 wrong conference. never mind.
1: No, they, but they hate each other, right? I mean, because of the basketball rivalry. So yeah, yeah, I believe so. So you got to go Indiana against uh, Kentucky? Kentucky. Give us a good basketball. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that. Yeah, South Carolina, Maryland,
0: sure. Purdue, Texas A and M. Okay. A couple engineering schools there.
1: Who are you hooking Tennessee up with?
0: Minnesota. Tennessee, like Minnesota. It. Row the boat down the Tennessee River. Do we cover everybody? think so. We cover the ones
1: Pretty that matter. We might do that with the Pac-12 when we come back also with a little more thought into it. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will be right back. Hey.
0: Sports Talk Mississippi.
1: mississippi five o'clock hour on this thursday richard cross michael borky brian haydad thank you for being with us ceasefire text line is open 601-879-4395 be honest you know your business deserves better so get better with a ceasefire business internet and phone bundle backed by real support the it experts at ceasefire equip your organization with reliable high-speed internet and industry-leading voip phone systems Plus 24-7 local support so you can focus on your goals. They've got connectivity covered. See how C Spire can power your success today at cspire.com slash business. Time right now for the College Football Fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. I've told you for a while now, the uh, the days of truck month are running out. So don't miss your opportunity for savings. 2020 F-150, Super Duty. Ford Ranger, get behind the wheel. That F-150 is the best-selling truck in America for 43 straight years. 43 straight years. All right, Michael Borky wants to uh, walk us through a little
2: game of agree or disagree. Yeah, so what I'm going to do, and these are not things that I necessarily agree with. It's just definitive statements that I came up with. And just do you agree with this statement or do you disagree with this statement? Got Ole Miss and Mississippi State ones as well as around the SEC and one Big Ten question as well. You came up with a statement. You came up with these, Borky? I did. Disagree. (laughs) Will Rogers is the clear best option for Mississippi State at quarterback for their next game in Tuscaloosa.
0: The disagree. Word, the word "clear" makes it. Disagree.
2: Yeah, I, I, I went
1: to the exact same spot. Hey, Dad, we were thinking on the same wavelength, right there. Yeah, playing
0: at <coughs> Alabama is, is not the best starting spot for a true freshman. So I say, it, it, if you say he's the best option, yeah, the clear best option. The verbiage makes me say no. <clears> hmm. <throat>
1: Borky, do you agree or disagree with that statement?
2: So I don't think necessarily it's the clear best option, but if I was in that position, that's the direction I would go. Well,
0: I know
1: Rodgers is the only option for Mississippi State at quarterback in Tuscaloosa. I mean, I know that technically that is not right. There are other options, but I'm not talking about it in the literal sense of the word.
0: Right. I think he's going to start, but you could sell me on the idea that, hey, we're going to start Costello because this is Alabama and a true freshman doesn't deserve to have his confidence just shot
2: to death by that. Okay. John Rice Plumley should see a, quote, significant increase in snaps at quarterback on Saturday. And keep in mind, he really hasn't taken many at all. So a significant increase is not like being the starter. But should take snaps at quarterback on Saturday significantly more than he has so far this year. I'm
1: going to disagree with that statement. And I disagree because... One game doesn't make you or break you at quarterback. The The body of work this year is bigger than just Arkansas for Matt Corral. Matt Corral earned the starting job. He proved that he deserved to be the starter. Arkansas was an abject disaster. In Stephen A. Smith voice,
2: an abject disaster!
1: Not my best Stephen A. Smith impersonation, by the well, it's
0: way. It was not great.
1: It was not very good. But he's the guy that has the ability to hurt you with his arm. And inserting John Rice Pumley, even if it's not in throwing situations, you know, like, okay, he's a big part of the game plan. I just think it disrupts the offensive continuity. I mean, if you decide you got to make a change at quarterback, okay, go make a change at quarterback. When you make a change, though, That's your guy. you got to stick with him. I I liked what Lane Kiffin said. I'm not going quick trigger on this thing. Now, if on the heels of throwing six interceptions, Matt Corral follows it up with five interceptions, and he looks lost and has no idea what the defense is doing, and turns it over and is a liability, okay, make a change at quarterback.
0: But you don't do it based on one game. I agree with that, 100%.
2: I'm with you. It's just not time yet. And like you said, this was what I said on Sunday and on the podcast as well and here. It's just because there were so many people in real time, my Twitter mentions will tell you that, calling for a change and you just, you just came off of a season where there was quarterback shuffling and it was inconsistent and it really did damage to both of them. So you can't come off of a year where everybody knew that what was going on, the switching of quarterbacks, the inconsistency there was a problem. You can't Want that to come back at the first sign of adversity. Uh, You just can't do that yet. I think their usage of him has been appropriate, honestly, from the production you've gotten from your starting quarterback, and they should keep it that way. And if he's willing, um, especially with the COVID issues and contact tracing, see if he'll go play in the secondary because you really can't get much worse.
1: Okay, let me ask you a question. Lane Kiffin has told us that there's some offensive players that are playing defense this week whose names you would know. Is John Rice Plumley one of them?
2: Got to be, right? Maybe. They, they'd be crazy not to try to get him to do it. If he's on board. If he's on board. And if he's not on board, well, that tells you about the future at that position and the people in that room, in my opinion. Give me another one. Another one. Mississippi State fans should be concerned with the impa- with the apparent unrest within the locker room of that program. Ooh. Um
0: I-, I mean, it's just one guy, right? I mean, Schrader leaving, I think is a play is totally a playing time thing. That's not an unrest thing. That's a, I want to be a quarterback. And I'm not going to be able to do it here, so I'm moving on. I don't think you would say that if if Plumlee were to say that there would be unrest at Ole Miss. Kylen Hill is is the one guy that there's a problem with right now. Uh, I I would say no, but at the same time though, go back to the when Moorhead was fired. What did Cohen say? What was the first thing he wanted? Disciplinarian. That was the first thing he said. So I mean, I think some of this is to be expected. Yeah. I'm
1: going to go disagree for, for some of the same reason, but maybe a little bit different spin on it. I'm going to disagree because it's year one and sometimes it's uncomfortable when you make a coaching change. Number one. And number two, I think there was some unrest in the locker room that Joe Moorhead left behind. Yes, I agree with that. And, and it just takes some time to root that out. And and so I think if you're a Mississippi State fan, maybe you don't like the optics of some guys leaving, guys bailing midseason, maybe it not going as smoothly as you would like right now. But I don't think you're concerned about unrest in the locker room this year. If next year, or two years from now, you've got constant rumblings of unrest, to use Borky's word, in the locker room, then you got reason for concern. Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't think you do in year one of a new head coach when he inherited a situation that allegedly had some of that going on. Yeah.
2: Next one. Agree or disagree? The Ole Miss offense got, quote, exposed last weekend in Fayetteville. Mm.
0: I say disagree. I mean, Arkansas is a good team defensively but 7 turnovers <clears throat> excuse me is a kind of an outlier right i don't expect that to happen again uh they they were able to run the ball pretty effectively so i mean if kraudis has a decent day passing they win that game going away so no I, i'm going to disagree with that
1: i disagree they did not get exposed but there were some things that And this is not an original thought, obviously. This is, I guess, initially Lane Kiffin's thought. There were some things that they are going to have to prove that they can do against defensive concepts that are similar to what Arkansas did. Same as Mississippi State. Exactly. So I won't go full on exposed. And I say that because two weeks ago, against a defense that has far more talent on it than Arkansas has. No disrespect intended. Almost put up 48 points and north of 600 yards of total offense. But yeah, I'm not ready to go exposed yet. Sports Talk Mississippi will continue agree or disagree after the timeout. All right, let's keep it going with agree or disagree. Work through about, I don't know, three or four of those couple of messages before we do on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Quinn says, you guys have the hardest job in radio trying to analyze and make picks when college programs didn't have a spring. The early part of the season is essentially a spring solidifying depth charts and working on fundamentals. It's why football is so crazy right now.
0: Yeah, I've never had
1: less of a grasp
0: on what's going on than I have this year.
1: Yeah, you keep beating that drum as a reason that you're 10 games
2: below 500 in your picks. I'm going to beat something, Richard. I'm get mm-hmm. these hands. Yeah, you're seeing it in the NFL a lot too. I mean, not so much unpredictability because they are still professionals, but a lot of high-scoring games, uh, some sloppiness, uh, uncharacteristic sloppiness around the league. So they even got hit by it. Yeah, you're right. Next one. All right, carry on. Agree or disagree that nobody will really challenge Alabama for an SEC championship, meaning that they will kind of cruise and win the West, and then it'll be tough for a little while in the championship game against Florida or Georgia, but by and large, they win pretty comfortably.
0: You just just laid it out. That's it. That is the formula right there. No one's challenging them. I totally agree with you.
1: It's no good when we all agree with each other. I mean, it's, it's bad it's, radio, but I agree. When I
0: mean, we saw You saw the Georgia game. I think Georgia's better than Florida, and Alabama had no trouble.
1: See, I still kind of think Florida's going to beat Georgia.
0: We'll see. Georgia, Georgia's good defensively, and Florida is not. That's all I can no, say. No, you're,
1: you're right, but I think Florida's better offensively than Georgia is and could win in a shootout. Of course, that was before Florida had to take a month off the season.
0: That's true, Because yeah.
1: 327 people got COVID. Did you see that a few people nationally pointed to the fact that perhaps kissing players on the face and mouth prior to games is not the best way to protect yourself in a COVID environment? No names to protect the innocent, just just saying. I just saw that pointed out by a few folks
2: and some images that went along with it. I feel like Dr. Dobbs here that was on the Gallo this morning, by the way, I feel like he would tell you not to do that. Yeah. All right. Before Let's COVID he would probably tell you not to do that too, but you know. Probably. For a lot of people
1: that might tell you not to do that. Not name Doctor Dobbs, but I digress. I wonder if deep down Dan hopes that
0: Ah eh, well, you know.
1: One big family. Oh, that doesn't make it any better. Sorry.
2: Hey, wait, you have Actually, another agreement? Virginia. Virginia. Um Kirby Smart is just a flashier Mark Richt.
0: Let me tell you why I disagree. Mm. He's less flashy. He's more down home than Mark. Mark Richt. You know, was known as like an offensive innovator when he's at Florida State. He did some, 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 some. He was a little more wide open. Kurt, Kirby Smart is a more conservative Mark Richt. I mean, I don't know about the flashy
1: part, but I'll I'll agree that it's kind of Rick two dot oh. I meant flashy in a Be, sense
2: that like he's recruiting yeah. high pro, pro, okay. high profile players, he's getting but books written about you know, him, a, stuff like he's that. A,
0: he's a lot more down home, I think, than 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 Rick was. But if that's if you're trying to say yeah the the recruiting is certainly better, but the results are about the same. Is the recruiting that much better? It's not like Rick was a slouch. I mean, Rick, Rick was a constant every top year. ten. Well, well, yeah, but Rick, but Smart's getting like top three classes right now. Yeah, that's fair.
1: I'll tell you what they I think. Her Smart's talent. undoing is at this point is he is wound tighter than Dick's Hatband on game day in big games. <laughs> what? You've never heard that say before? No. Tighter than Dick's hat band.
0: Abort! 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 Mission. Hit the dump our button. De- our delays it's only coming. six seconds. So it's a Dick Tracy <laughs> reference, is
2: it? Okay.
0: I, uh, I'm not as old as you, Richard. I never, I never read Dick Tracy in in the comics growing up. You know. Oh my gosh. What's next, Borky? Keep them coming. Before we derail here. <laughs>
2: This one, (laughs) you got to think on this one a little bit, all right? Because they did beat Florida, and they played Alabama to about the same as Georgia did, and they're better at quarterback. Texas A&M is the SEC's second-best team.
0: I I disagree. I think Georgia is better than them. In In all honesty... I mean, they got handled pretty easily by Alabama. They struggled with Vanderbilt. They exposed that Florida was a little bit overrated. And then they beat Mississippi State, which everybody's doing. I mean, they might be the third best team in the SEC, but is is that good for anything right now? But I still think Georgia's better than them.
1: (sighs) I'm going to disagree for now and I think it simply it simply has to do with Kellen Mond I don't trust him continuing to be good in the biggest situations and Texas a and is a good team and a good program but if you're taking the next step that they want to take. You have to win the massive games.
2: And they're not doing that. Yeah, Florida was his biggest win so far. It was a good win.
0: Yeah, but if they if they had won that game like 24-20 or something like that, I would think it's a bigger win. But the way that Florida – they gave up a lot of yards to Florida, and we learned that Florida's defense – is not very good. Ceasefire text line.
1: David Ripley says, Ha, that's an I'm getting older moment, Richard. Here's one. Snowflake alert Richard is speaking standard Mississippi language. Mom used to always say tighter than Dick's hat fan. I've heard that's the hat band analogy before. Thing. I grew up hearing it from my dad. That's Bruce. Russell says, uh, Young folks don't know. The oldest one here. Philip and Starkville says, John Wayne said that in a movie once and he wasn't referencing Dick
0: Tracy. My mom sends did. me a message that says, your grandmother used to say tighter than Dick's hat band. Must be a North okay. Mississippi thing. We didn't get that south
2: of I-20. Fair enough. Fair enough. Any more? You got to pull up the schedule for this one. LSU will lose four more games at oh, least. Oh, hold on. Now.
1: I got to interrupt you. I got to interrupt you. Your Twitter poll question, Borky. It's a suggestion from uh, Graham and Jacinto. He says start a Twitter poll to see if anyone else doesn't know about Dick's Hat band.
2: <laughs> we might get flagged by the website and taken down for a week. Uh, who is it getting flagged by Twitter these days?
0: It's true.
1: No. I'm sorry. You 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 rolled another agree or disagree, and I was
2: mired in the ceasefire text line. LSU will lose at least four more games. Four additional games. Not four games total. Four more.
0: Ooh, read them all, hey, dad? This weekend, South Carolina. They still have to make up Florida. South okay. Carolina, at Auburn, Alabama, at Arkansas, at Texas A&M, at Ol- sorry, Ole Miss. That feels like an easy agree. Feel like they'll lose to Florida, to Alabama, and to Texas A&M for sure. And they'll drop at least one more. I
1: mean, am I supposed to be convinced that LSU's offense is going to stop Ole Miss or LSU's defense is going to stop
0: Ole Miss's offense? I mean, yeah. I mean, Arkansas has beaten State and Ole Miss. State beat LSU, you know? Let's play the transitive property. South Carolina could beat them this week with the I mean, they're playing a true freshman quarterback.
2: They very well could. Sorry,
1: Quinn. Yes, I agree LSU will lose at least four more games. Yeah.
2: That's crazy, but yeah. We'll get this one in quickly. So the Big Ten starts this weekend. That's what inspired the question. They should be, quote, punished or docked, however you want to look at it, by the selection committee for playing two fewer games. So if it's Ohio State that runs the table or Penn State that runs the table, whoever, the number one team in the Big Ten should be docked, however they look at it, by playing two fewer games when it comes to the college football playoff selection. I agree, that they
0: sh-
2: I agree that they should be
0: punished. I don't think they will be punished.
1: No, I disagree. If Ohio State's impressive and they go undefeated, they're going to be in the college football playoff, and they're the only team in the Big Ten that's going to be in the conversation anyway. Penn State could. Nah. They did lose that running back the other day, though. Lost the running back. No Michael Parsons. James Franklin's a bum. Enough reason for me. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Good to be with you on this Thursday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, tomorrow is Friday. That means we'll talk high school football with Will East and Steven Gagliano. We will also visit with Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, who was really, really darn good last week on his picks. We talked earlier in the week briefly about the hot mic incident with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. It appears there's more to the story if you believe Joe Buck. He has a podcast in which he explained the flyover comments. Um what's the name of Joe Buck's podcast? Daddy issues, which is pretty clever. That's that's pretty good. So on his podcast, with regard to the leaked audio featuring he and NFL play-by-play or color analyst partner Troy Aikman allegedly mocking a military flyover before the Packers' loss in Tampa on Sunday. Buck says the comments were rehashing a conversation their crew had at dinner the night before. Okay. Here's what Buck told his co-host, Oliver Hudson. Troy in the microphone is repeating something that he heard the night before from an unnamed person on our crew. This person happens to be very far left and said, well, under Biden-Harris, you know that's not going to happen. Troy was repeating that watching the flyover. He also added that the video that accompanied the audio when Defector Media posted the clip on Twitter may give away exactly where the leak came from. With regard to how he feels about the military, Buck said, My dad earned a Purple Heart in World War II, was shot in Germany, and was sitting in a hospital in Paris when World War II ended and saw Charles de Gaulle speak in Paris at the end of World War II. My grandfather was on a battleship in the Pacific in World War II. That's my mom's dad. I come from all of that. Right on down the line, that's where my sensibilities are. It's a pretty straightforward explanation from Joe Buck. And it actually makes a lot of sense that Joe Buck, who, whether you like him or not, is a consummate pro, I gotta mess up. You may not agree with everything he says or how he broadcasts a game or whatever, but this is not a guy who is prone to saying something that shouldn't get out. He understand I mean, he, he's been in broadcasting and around broadcasting his entire life. Yes, I know Tom Brenneman has as well. So it's not even remotely comparable, other than the fact that somebody caught something that was said on
2: a hot mic and put it out there for the whole world. And the difference is. Brenneman said it during the broadcast, coming out of a break. This was long before they actually started calling this game. Yeah. Somebody maliciously leaked that. It's actually kind of funny, though, if indeed they were making fun of someone
1: who had a take that was kind of out there. I mean, that, that is context that matters here. Buck went on to say, he said, uh, with regard to they think they know where the leak from uh, came from, that person will get found out because that specific shot of that flyover, which I personally thought was old, and a tape that they were running out of our truck is furthering our conversation that we were having internally, I thought that was on tape, but it was actually live, but it wasn't a Fox shot. They know whose shot that was, and therefore they kind of know where our audio was going at that moment. It wasn't going on TV. It was well before our game.
2: Do you buy this? If not, it's a pretty darn elaborate cover-up by Joe Buck. I don't know if you could make something like this up. If he says, we were joking about this at dinner, we
1: know exactly who recorded and released the audio, and this was the context and you listen to how the clip went, and you kind of understand Joe Buck's sense of humor, I know less about Troy Aikman's sense of humor, then
2: that explanation jives. Yeah, if you go back and listen to it with this in mind, you think, oh, that makes sense now. The
1: rest of the story.
2: Yeah. Cause, but but uh,
1: they... um. There there was a line in the Deflector Media story, or maybe it was a subsequent story that aggregated it, that said Joe Buck in kind of a carnival barker voice went on to say blah blah blah. Kinda makes sense.
2: Controversy over? Well, this isn't gonna go near as viral as the original, of course. Of course but- it's not Never does.
1: We got a message on the text line the other day said, All right, I'm done watching Joe Buck
2: Troy Aikman games. Hmm. Especially now I'm replaying it in my head. Troy Aikman was being sarcastic. Yes, he was. (laughs) He was being sarcastic. Because that's such a ridiculous take that That makes sense now. Yeah, it really does. Uh,
1: Message here says, you could kind of hear the humorous sarcasm from both of their voices. That's from Graham. Michael says, I get the reception reaction, though they were both tongue-in-cheek and sarcastic. Yes, this jives. Jason says, I have no problem believing that at all. Aikman particularly. This is typical of politics these days and gotcha sites who have absolutely nothing else.
2: He kind of sounds mad. Uh, buck at this individual person. We know who it is. We know where, th- where this came from. I don't know. Do you got the audio handy where we can play it? I can get Did it Jeff quickly. Asked yeah. for
1: it. Uh somebody said this was my first thought when I first heard it. Sarcasm was evident. If that's not the way the story was written, not not when there is a desired reaction from the people that are posting it. They got the desired reaction. Be polarizing. Sorry, I kind of put you on the spot with Do you have the audio? Jeff just asked for it. I thought we'd listen to it one more time if it was. I've got accessible. it. I, I
2: was just testing it to make sure that there was no language. So uh, here we go. It's
0: a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover. That's your
1: hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden, Ticket. I'll tell you that right now, partner. That sarcasm. Oh, he even dropped a little partner in there at the end. It's exactly what was happening. They were making fun of the guy from dinner the night before. Which makes the story hilarious, by the way. Yeah.
2: And it's very clearly, I mean, I can't play the video for you listening. Video doesn't really work like that. It's long before the game. Like, There's nothing going on. They're not broadcasting at all. They do not think anybody can hear them.
1: No. Dave says, I guess we hear what we want to hear, right? Jason says, the people on the far right won't hear anything about context. Neither will the far left, 99% of the problem in the country. So that's what it's we're true. we're talking about. Yeah. Which yeah. game in the we SEC had... are you most interested in this weekend?
0: Well, you just just you turned right there in the middle of the highway. Yeah, I know. I we were done with on that. no do with it. We'll start calling you Podna first and foremost. Pulling Emory right. Ballard on you. Uh outside of Alabama and outside of Alabama, Tennessee, they're all they're all intriguing for different reasons. LSU, South Carolina, is my answer there. Okay, because if Champ, I don't care what the circumstances are. If Champ beats LSU and Auburn in back-to-back weeks, I got to give him some credit. I mean, I don't care. That's gonna What's going to be hard for you. It's not hard at all. What I always when I get new information, I, I change my. Uh, how easily did I turn with Joe Burrow last year? I mean, just you can't deny it at some point. Well, the,
1: the the options for you at that point were not exactly plentiful.
0: I was not going to be on an island of one saying this guy's not that good. I wasn't going to be that guy. So yeah. yeah, that's that's the answer to me because if LSU loses that game, they legitimately might finish like two and eight, three and seven. I mean, if they lose to South Carolina, give me the game that they have left that you're like, oh yeah, they'll for sure win that. Where does Ole Miss Auburn rank on that list in terms of games that are most interesting? It's on that list. I wasn't that intrigued by Missouri Kentucky until Lee Sterling picked Missouri to win it outright by now two to touchdowns. Wonder. Yeah, he picked. He He was pretty confident in that. But Ole Miss Auburn is interesting because I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen in Oxford Saturday. No clue. Yeah, that's why I've got my coin right here for tomorrow. It's right here, ready to go. It's ready.